0: Hey, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another Wealth Coffee Chat. A few of the crew in the house. Good morning. Good to see you, Tim. James is there too. Facebook user out and about. Morning, Alison. Absolutely. Morning, gang. What's going on, Marcus? All the way from WA. Fabulous to have you here, mate. Another one of the uh, another one of the gang in behind the Facebook veil in one of the groups. Good to see you, whoever you are. <coughs> Great to have you here. Do the old. Uh, to the old warm-ups and uh, intros, as we always do in the show, Jason Witt's my name, most of you know, but if you don't, if you're brand new, let us know where you are, you might have joined just recently our coaching and mentoring program, well done, if you have, fantastic, Stu's in the car, hey buddy, good to see you mate, fantastic uh, to have you all here this morning thought we might talk about uh, something this morning about the idea of uh, the types of investors that are out there, and I uh, saw this one the other day. It was quite cool. I thought we might uh, have a little, uh, a little conversation around this, uh, this idea, you know, the type of investor, um, and uh, you know all of these types of investors actually make money uh, in one way, shape or form. It doesn't mean all investors who partake in this, these types of investings make money, these types of investings, I don't even know if that's a real word. But uh, uh, as a property investor, for most of us, uh, we need to really uh, be clear about the type of investor we are and, um, and uh, you know, stick with the plan. But uh, I thought I might share a little story before we kick into it this morning and, um I don't know if anyone uh, knows, I'm, I think I've told this story once before and it's not my story to tell anyway, but uh, this is a famous story about the race to the, um, the South Pole. Has anyone heard of these two chaps, Edmondson or Edmondson, I think Edmondson um, and Scott, Edmondson and Scott, and um, two different explorers two different people setting off on the same journey. And think about this, think about this. Um, the idea quite famously uh, came about many years ago. These two were organising to uh, to race to the North Pole. These two, were, imagine this, um, and uh, um, it might be something that we can all take a lesson from, I reckon, as a property investor. We're starting somewhere and we're racing to somewhere or we, we want to get somewhere. We want to get to a destination that's not that easy to get to. Let's face it, folks, it's not that easy to get to. It's not that easy to be, you know, focused on investing in property, um, especially for most of us. We have limited amounts of resources, you know, dollars and time and money and effort that we uh, can put into the world of investing. And you want to have a good plan with that. You know, you can spend years, many years, uh, barking up the wrong tree or or going down the wrong road when it comes to investing. And, you know, time is something, no matter how much money you have in the future, very difficult, if not impossible, to buy back, right? So think about this in terms of being a property investor. You've got two very famous sets of explorers looking to race to the South Pole, looking to become wealthy from property investing. Uh, And uh, they have two different approaches, two significantly different approaches to their uh, reaching their goal, all right? Um, and let's talk about Scott um, for the first part. Scott, uh, a British explorer, um, um, and um, he and his team decide that, uh, you know, their, their strategy, their goal, their approach to the journey, this um, race to the South Pole, something quite dangerous and difficult, what they would do is their journey would be like this. So their attitude was um, uh, rule one, on days that the skies were clear uh, and it was easy, they would race as fast as possible, go fast fast, and far right that was their that was their their way of approaching this thing okay so they would wake up they'd check the weather and they'd go right it's clear it's good the weather's good let's go and they would go you know as far as they can sometimes 20 30 40 miles in a day and they might go all night they might do 20 hours if the weather was you know bad or it was a bit rough, they would stay in their tents. They'd stay where they are and wait it out, wait it out, all right? So they would only get out and about on clear, easy days, go as fast as they can, far as they can, uh, and on the bad days, they'd stay in their tents and do nothing. All right, okay. Let's have a look at Edmondson. Uh, Edmondson, and I don't even know if that's how you spell it, but Edmondson, Edmondson. What was their approach? What was his team's approach? Okay, so let's have a look at their approach. All right, on days that uh, were clear and easy, clear and easy days, they would get up and they would march 20 miles. Now, they might do that in the first three hours of the day. Uh, It might take them five hours. It might take them eight hours. It might take them 10 hours. But their plan was every day do 20 miles. All right. On bad days, on bad weather, rough days, terrible blizzards, the whole thing, they would get up and they would march 20 miles. They would get up, they'd pack everything up, and they would get to it. And irrelevant of the day, the weather, or the market, or the interest rates, or the, or the banks, or the media, it would march 20 miles every day. Good, bad, and different. So, and most of you, or well, some of you may have heard um, this report before, but tell me, who won the race? to the South Pole. Who won the race to the South Pole? Was it Scott only getting out and about in good days uh, and not uh, taking it on in the tough days? Or was it Edmondson and his team? No matter what day, no matter what day it was, no matter what the weather was, did the 20 miles. Did the 20 miles. Which one? Who was it, folks? Does anyone know? One or two of you should know. You've probably heard this story before. I love it. Um, Yeah. And it's it's uh, yeah, it's the it's the tortoise and the hare, isn't it, really? Um well Edmondson and his team made it to the South Pole uh and back successfully. Scott, very unfortunately, Scott and his team uh didn't make it and they died. So what can we take from that as property investors? And uh I like this as a really simple uh Story to get an understanding of, like as an investor, folks. As an investor, uh, irrelevant of what's going on around you, uh, and maybe and maybe not irrelevant, but it doesn't stop you from moving towards your goal steadily. Stay focused on the goal. Sometimes you are, are restricted because of, let's say, capacity or time or whatever it is, uh, not because you're changing your mind. Right? The goal is. Get to the South Pole. The goal is acquire your number of or dollar amount of properties as fast and as safely as possible. Then the goal is to keep them for as long as it takes, maintaining them uh, and supporting them if they need um, until they turn the corner and start to maintain and support you. That's the goal. That's that's the That's the 20 miles a day, folks. That's the 20 miles a day. Get up, do what it takes. Some days it's easy. Some days, you know, the last few years, totally easy. 2% interest rate, 5% rental yield. No-brainer. No-brainer. It's putting money in your pocket. It pays for itself, you know. Right now, might be a little bit uh, blizzardy out there. Might be a bit more bad weather, you know, a little bit more Uh, Money that you might have to put into your property. Has the goal changed? No. The weather around you, the circumstances have changed? Yeah. Do you now go, oh, I'm not going to be a property investor. It's not easy anymore? Well, some people do. Some people do, folks. Some people do, right? Uh, And I call them the good time Charlies, right? So let's have a bit of a look at this. When we talk about in terms of timeframes, as an investor, you know, what does it take? How long does it take to make this work? And this is a, a pretty interesting one. I gave I uh, uh, Andy Fenton gave me this the other day, the idea if we're thinking, good work, Alison, uh, if we're thinking in terms of the timeframes, right? You know, one year, thrill seeker, temporary citizen, trader, Somebody who wants to be in and out, make a deal now. Doesn't? I'm not saying that's a bad idea. Matter of fact, I buy and sell um, a type of property. You guys know this in joint ventures, small developments. I do that, um, and many of you guys have joined us in those as well. But that's not my investing. That's not my long-term investment wealth strategy. That's a trading strategy, which is not investing. Right that's a business buy and sell is a business buy and hold buy and hold is that you are an investor investors own things traders sell things all right and don't confuse the two don't make don't mix up your portfolio with two different activities you can do two different things but they, they they're separate in your portfolio. Anyway, look at this, the idea. Uh, and this is an interesting one from the stock market and it relates to the real estate market as well. let talk about, check out the gains, you know, um, and this was a bit of research over a 20-year period or, or you can see down the bottom here um, that one of the best years ever was a 60% gain. Who would like a sixty percent gain in one year? That'd be pretty sweet, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? That'd be pretty sweet. Love that. Okay. And what happens is, investors, and especially people who are who have that um, that need to get the adrenaline and feel the trading, feel the gain, you know, and and win. As, oh, I won because I I made some money, right? And they they take the cash out. Um. That type of investor gets obsessed with making a sixty percent gain. the The problem, the challenge with that, is on the flip side, you know, the largest one year gain um, of the S and P five hundred, you know, sixty percent. Uh, the largest one year loss, forty five percent. So when you see this in action, folks, it's the, the swing is is massive. You know, sixty percent gain, but you know, you know, everyone could handle a sixty percent gain, couldn't they? Like, yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a legend, but can you handle handle a forty five percent loss of all your capital and assets in one year? Right. So probably not. And if you take a one year horizon, then that's how it works, right? Yeah, well, I mean, and like I said, if you've got a good gain, then nothing wrong with that. Now, nothing wrong with taking a gain uh, that's more than you were expecting. The challenge is that when you invest chasing those gains in one-year increments or two-year or three-year increments, that becomes a challenge to the buy-and-hold wealth and psychology of a property investor. And if you look over there, like the three years, and the point is this team is what uh, I wanted to show you down here in this 15 to 20 year section. If you look at um, the worst performance and the best performance over a 15 year holding selection are in positive territory. It's in positive. And over a 20 year the worst and the best are in positive territory now that for me leaves a bit of a clue if you are going to be a buy and hold property investor right what how does it play out in the world of property well let's talk let's look at this and this is the idea of let's say a 15 year holding journey and if you had a compounding growth rate of 5% now we all know it's not linear um you know We had uh, some pretty significant gains in the last few years and uh, maybe it gets a bit flatter depending on where you are. But if you look at this, if your property had a 15-year trajectory when it came to its value, the first five years, you know, value or or capital growth purely, it's only 21%, right? 21% of the value that you're looking to achieve, only happens in the first five years, all right? if we look at this as a linear calculation. Second five years, again, only sort of 26%. So you're 10 years in and you're like, whoa, you know, it's not going as fast or as, or as big as possible uh, or what I was expecting. And then the final five years, because of its value, its compounding process, you know, 53% gain. So the majority of the wealth folks the majority of the wealth is created in the later part of the investment strategy time frame that 15 to 20 year hold time frame compounding is where the majority of the wealth is often created anywhere before that those sort of first call it 7 to 10 years <coughs> is are the harder times. There's the harder time to ho- hold the property, um, the harder time to go the distance when it comes to the ownership, uh, the the belief that you're going to make it, um, you know, is it worth it, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, yeah, I get it. It's it's pretty tough when you're saying, all right, you know, I used to have this, uh, this property that was neutral or, or positive and now I have to put some money into it. Um, and, uh, you know, the conversation is like, oh, that's not great now. Well, for me, for you, my encouragement is to like say over a 15 to 20-year period, you know, you might have to put some extra cash in to cover some of the expenses at the moment. That's not going to last forever. Um, we know the rents are going up. We know the interest rates will come down a little bit in 24 and 25. Uh, that's part of the journey. That's part of your wealth over the next 20 years, right? So the wealth is in the last, or not the last, you know, the the 15 and 20-year section and, and to 30, not in the first five to 10, is really the conversation. Um, and it's something I always bang on about, um, but really it's important to understand. And the other part of today is like, you know, maybe the weather's a bit rough out there at the moment, when it comes to the interest rates and a few bits and pieces. But listen, don't muck around. Um, If you can and you've got capacity, you should be finding some properties to buy and continue to move forward. Uh, Irrelevant of the environment around you, Um, it shouldn't stop you from your goals. You might just change your tactics a little, understanding how to buy it in a different type of market, but don't stop the acquisition part of your strategy, folks. That's probably the takeaway. To be honest, let's be honest. Anyway, there you go. Are you going to be the get up each day and the twenty mile march? You're going to continue to move towards your goal, um, adjusting the tactics where necessary, or are you only going to get out of bed when when uh, when there's good times? And um, you know. When the weather's, when it's a bit hard, you know, not bother. Uh, I know who's going to get the better outcome because I've seen it. I've sat down with thousands and thousands of investors and heard their stories and also seen their stories unfold when they follow the buy and hold strategies uh, and use the right things. All right. There you go. Um, yeah, Yep. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Marcus. This thing's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, it takes time to build it. it. takes time to build it. Good to see all of you on. Thanks for joining me this morning. Almost pretty well done there. We've got uh, someone is just asking about the JV. Um, uh, I think... Um, <laughs> thanks, Dave. Good on you, mate. Appreciate the shout-out. Yeah, uh... The joint venture the other night uh was predominantly for wholesale investors. I do know that Brennan was working with our licensee um for uh to for them to find out if we can work with retail investors as well they've got a way um they've got some license stuff that they can do that with so uh whoever that is uh shout out to your coach and and we'll we'll keep you in the mix just make sure we can um get um get you the info that you need there you go uh where are we paul um why are some banks raising interest rates in july seems like they don't care well uh they don't paul they don't care one bit uh and that's and unfortunately that's a bit of a bummer isn't it um if you're with a bank and they're putting interest rates up on you folks, then right now, right now, um, team, uh right now is a great time to actually refinance and, and reset your mortgages. Um because new loans are actually way cheaper than than existing loans. And they're gouging and they're really just gouging and they don't care, Paul. So yeah, yeah. Um we should uh we should all vote with our feet, Paul. Um, take your business, go talk to your finance team, um, and get a strategy going. Uh, about, I think it was like three to four. Paul, um, go um, put a uh, put a comment in the Facebook group in the in the mentoring group, and ask the team to tag you on the training we did. Uh, not so long ago about refinancing and negotiating with your banks and getting your interest rates down. That was a beauty. Um, So uh, the team did a great training on that. So it would be well worth um, going watching it, Paul, as you go along. So all right, team, that's it. Wealth Coffee Chat done and dusted. Thanks for joining. Good to hang out with you guys. Uh, Join me tomorrow if you're up for for another one. We'll see what we can do where we get to chat and talk about what's going on in the marketplace. All right, team. That's it for me. You guys take care. Bye for now.